Happy Saturday, reviewers. What do you think about Marvel's life in the spotlight, early Modern Warfare 3 reviews, and a whole lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Sounds like he finally did it. Patrick Dempsey, hottest man alive. Let's lurk. Is that a real thing? We saw him in person. Lurkers. That's right. Speaking of our cool. past, Scott, this week we got to revisit our past, didn't we? Whatever do you mean? Our our past, present, and the future. We got to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm, All yeah, of it. We did that from start to finish. Every single. Well, no, just a couple of them. But uh, a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Before, though, before we get into it, I, I know you're not going to make that YouTube video. So I decided um, second place, uh, I was late coming home today because I, I flew to London and I got the pie. Oh, yeah. I don't know why you went all the way to London. It was You only had to go to L.A. And they were sold out. <laughs> Somebody bought them. It tastes and, pretentious. And it's moistened with Bieber's tears. <laughs> just squirt, squirt. Not Justin, Haley Bieber. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway... Well, Willie su- shoves his face with uh, a delicious Erewhon apple pie. Pumpkin, Pumpkin pie? Pumpkin pie. Let's talk about somebody else who's in the spotlight. Specifically Marvel. This week, they announced that, hey, uh, we get it. We're hearing the complaints. We read all the little pieces of paper you've been stuffing vigorously into the box. Uh-huh. Some of you may or may not enjoy the fact that you have to watch every single Marvel film and television show in order to understand what's going on in the current one. And we we hear you. So we decided to come up with a separate line, track, area to film things. And you know what? The fate of the universe doesn't happen in every single episode. Maybe... Maybe it's just a convenience store gets robbed or an entire family gets thrown into, I don't know, some sort of turmoil because one specific person got murdered and now we have a revenge story. But is it a revenge story? Maybe it's more like an avenge story. We'll find out after these six to eight episodes. Listen, I I ate that whole fucking pie. <laughs> I ate the whole thing. Looks like you I, had- I hear a word that you said. And then, and then a ghost came in. It was ectoplasm. Spooky ghost. Yeah, <laughs> spooky ghost. What is you all look like this old mean? Hitler right now? You got to clean that up. <laughs> oh God, it's shaving cream! I swear. <laughs> so they're gonna start out with a show called Echo, and if you remember the character Echo, we were introduced to in Hawkeye, the Christmas special. Yeah, Hawkeye. Hawkeyes. Patrick Dempsey. Uh, so, <laughs> no, no. Not that kind of Hawkeye. Clint Dempsey <laughs> got it. is Hawkeye. Yeah, 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 got it. Anyway, this character is raised by Wilson Fisk. This character comes from a background that we're about to find out has a lot to do with Native Americans. This character is going to be put into the first rated R television series on from Disney+. Disney. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How excited are you? Uh, a scale of one to ten, you and me, mm-hmm. same number. Ready, ready. Three on three, three, two, one, 
four. Seven. Okay. <laughs> you saw the trailer. It's essentially John Wick in the Disney universe. How yeah, can you not be more excited? Because I have zero faith that Marvel's going to be able to pull something off. Because everything they've put out since COVID has been just as bad as COVID. Not as... <laughs> No, don't take that out of context. It's an analogy. The internet is going to clip that, and they're going to be like, we're going to cancel Willie because he compared <laughs> Kevin Feige to COVID. Going on the TikTok. Yes, that oh, is. No. That's making it in. <laughs> we're going to cancel me? Yeah, I'm technically canceling the both of us, so, you know, going down with the ship here. Just like Willie did on that pie. We, we, so, you don't think, you don't think that because they have said now that, hey, you don't need to see anything to understand what's going on. This is going to be a complete story. We're probably going to only introduce one other character from outside the series, but it's going to have nothing to do with the rest of the world. You don't think that this bodes well for the direction that Marvel wants to go? No. It, my thought is that they have they got the feedback that they needed to get showrunners, but Echo is done. This show mm. has already been in post-production, and so it follows that it would be identical in terms of story writing, uh, rush to production, as all of their previous shows. And whether they're going to, like, sugarcoat it with an R rating, I don't think that that necessarily justifies it. Well, we'll find out later this month when the show debuts. We're going to watch it. We're going to review it for you. And uh, we'll find out. If Willie changes his mind, or if I have to eat humble pie. Speaking of things I'm not excited for, as this episode goes up, Modern Warfare 3, Gen 2. Your baby. Has been released. This is like your first girlfriend. We go way further than my first girlfriend. This is your first Sears catalog? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you got to lay this out for me, because... I, when you say something is bad about your favorite game prior to Destiny, I know sure. that something's wrong. Every time a new game comes out, they go, by the way, you know those maps that you fell in love with? Here they are. Here are the nine maps. Oh, we made a, one new one. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? I don't, it's a bad thing because they're not really like they're getting 60 more dollars out of me to play a map that I've played for years. Ah, so you want... Since it's a new Modern Warfare 3, you want nine new maps. I mean, I paid $60 for the first time they gave me nine maps, and now they're giving me buttkiss. So Modern Modern Warfare 3 is getting a thumbs down right now from you. Correct. But we'll get an actual review again, or a re-review. Next weekend. Some Sometime next weekend. All right. Yep. All right. Cool. Well, speaking of re-watching things and re-doing things... You and I rewatched, and for you, the, the first time completing, I hope, mm -hmm. the very first episode of the cartoon of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Then we rewatched the very first live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. And then I rewatched, and you watched for the first time, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Because we love it. We just do. Now, Lurkers, it, it, for some of you that are young, you might look at this and say, well, how how many of these have they done? What How many years are we spanning here? The first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 
animated series came out in 1987. Now, I'm assuming (laughs) comics existed before this? Yeah, 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 yeah. The comics existed before. Okay. But it wasn't like the cartoon. The comics were way more serious. In fact, the comics came out in 1984. So three years before it would ever make it to the screen. The tube? Cathode tube. ray? Back then it was yeah. a boob tube. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it certainly was. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action movie came out in 1990. One of the best years of film of all time. Have you read any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic? Like no, ever? but I, I do know that they essentially live in the same universe as Marvel because they're mutants. Is that right? There, There is some uh, connection, yes. But before we go down that rabbit hole... <laughs> Let's let's talk about the original cartoon. Okay. Because we want to we want to compare and contrast how it has grown, how it has evolved, nay I say mutated over time. Now Willie and I were both alive when the cartoon first came out. Barely. I, just barely. And I was I was 6 or so, maybe 7 at the time. And I just remember being really into it and like wanting the toys every time i went to target i think i fell in love with pizza more because of the show like it had all of the things that hooked into kids and made made them like brand aware and branded by all these things who was your favorite turtle oh god i'm gonna get the names wrong the it, like as a kid it was definitely the blue them. one what's the blue one okay Leonardo. Leonardo. He said disappointedly. <laughs> the leader one. Right, that's for, what I went okay. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got. You went with the easy one. I get it. The cartoon was introduced to television audiences in 1987, and it was kind of fluffy. You know, it's it's just these four quote unquote teenagers uh, fighting crime against Shredder and a brain. Like a giant brain. It has all the same tropes that you would expect from any animated cartoon of the time. It's no wonder. It lasted for nine years, which for a kid's show is a long time. And it had a really great rating. Most people Mm -hmm. rated at about eight out of ten for an animated show. And it spun out things like a, a Super Nintendo video game. A arcade games, arcade games, kind of a build into Domino's Pizza. People loved that pizza. Clearly, I don't know, Scott. As I watched this first episode, there's some questionable things. There's there's some problems almost right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can, and this kind of carries on into the into the main movie too. But like you can feel the misogyny. Mm-hmm. You can you can definitely see. Uh, uh, the stereotypes, uh, a lot of stereotyping, strong, a lot of like strong, strong racism, correct <laughs> subtext. You know, uh, a couple characters are drawn in not not so great lights. They they you know, shared couple- like a villain person who was um, like of Asian descent. Probably they're trying to yeah. represent Japanese in the show. And as he starts talking, I go, ooh, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do What are you doing? <laughs> uh, the, the, the main villain 
is um, Uncle Phil, if you if you remember the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. No way, really. And I I caught him trying to do an Asian accent in the first episode, and I was just like, oh, uh, just oh, I didn't know maybe, who that was. Dial that back a little bit. Listen, I'm gonna allow every single person to just go to IMDb, search Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, pick the TV series, and other than maybe the first person, you try to find somebody who is of Asian descent, and there are a lot of voices in this series that are trying to represent that. That are are not? not zero? 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 Okay. All right. Um, do you know who created the theme music, which everybody loves and knows to this day? No. Who? Uh, he is American film and television director of a couple shows you might have heard of, like The Big Bang Theory. Two and a Half Men. Young Sheldon. Charlie Sheen. Chuck Lorre. No way, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay, I I think this is a good time to transition. When we talk about music, theme music, that live-action movie. Got, Incredible. It got a terrible rating on IMDb. 6.8 out of 10. Uh, okay, not, not as great. But tell <laughs> me that that theme music was not amazing. All right, there's a lot of good songs like bops or bangers as the yep. kid like to say there's also some like notable voices and or actors in this movie that you didn't mm-hmm. even expect like sam rockwell in one of his very first performances is this young thug dude that's sam rockwell i had no idea yeah the the young kid who tries to say like we're we're shredders family like yeah, yeah, yeah. That is Sam Rockwell. Dang. The Sam Rockwell okay. from the Iron Man movies, from Moon, like everything. Uh, the guy who played Casey Jones, Elias Karius, he's been in a bunch of different movies and shows. Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Holy Curious crap. case of Benjamin Button. So, like, I, like I, there's some things that I want to talk about. First of all, Second, like the most recent go through for you, Scott, did you look at mm-hmm. those outfits, the costumes for the turtles, and did they feel believable today? Which ones? In the 1990s movie, live action. No, no, no I'm just saying, which costumes? I'm sorry. The turtles. <laughs> oh, you're just talking about like the makeup from them. Yeah, because they're not actual yeah, turtles. They- I was young and impressionable, okay? Like, <laughs> Wait, are you just finding As... out that those are not turtles? <laughs> Next, you're going to tell me Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah, we all know that that's Buzz Lightyear. I had to suspend some disbelief because the mouths don't match up with the voice track all that well. And, you know, for, for the time, this was cutting-edged practical effects it it was something where you're like wow i've never seen somebody in a full animal like costume like looking shredded out of their minds dude using ninja weapons veiny and and like yeah throbbing (laughs) 
when I was younger, karate was like huge. It was, it was in a lot of movies. It was in a lot of TV shows. Like everybody wanted to be a master of the martial arts, karate kid, a ninja. I think I went as a ninja, maybe three Halloweens in a row. You mean a if bully not hockey player off ice? I don't understand that reference. The other bad guy in the movie was the, the guy, <clears throat> the guy who was uh, uh, the president Independence Day. What does he have to do with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? He was the sort. He was the bat wielding hockey player. No, I just said that's Elias Cautius, not Bill Hold Pullman. On. Tell me, I'm putting it up for the lurkers. Tell me these two people you wouldn't think are the same. They're close. I can see maybe how they'd be cousins, but it's, it's, nope, I'm going to say no. I'm just going to okay. say no. <laughs> <laughs> well then. I wanted to give you a little bit of room, but nah, 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 it's not close. Anyway, Casey Jones, loved Casey Jones because Minnesota's hockey. He has a hockey stick and a goalie mask. What's not like, what's not to like? Going back to your original question, though, like I did in my young adolescent brain find them to be believable. I thought all of the puppeteering with the young rat and young turtles was really cool. The one thing I didn't realize until I was now older is Corey Feldman played Donatello, (laughs) which, you know, very iconic voice. And I didn't realize how bad the actual story was. Like, there's a lot of tropes. There's a lot of like, oh, I, I'm a weak girl. And uh, I'm, a, I'm an asshole guy. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for you. And in the end, we're going to make out and fall in love. Yep. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is not a believable story. I can see why it has such a low rating on IMDb. Because some, some people questionable up... hands-on shoulder massage. Yeah. People grew up, went back and watched it with a, a, a today lens. And they're like, ooh, uh, maybe, maybe not so much. What would you rate it, though? This movie, 20 years, 30 years old now. When I was younger, I thought this was one of the better trilogies that mm-hmm. came out of the 90s. Because... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. We get a Vanilla Ice cameo. We get Super Shredder. And we just get the evolution of the turtles. I think their uh, costumes even changed a little bit. And then in the third one, which I'm sure is not problematic at all, because I haven't watched it in a long time, they do time traveling back to uh, feudal Japan. I would rate this original film, though. Since you're putting the screws to me here, probably a. I gotta come on, Scott. Be honest. It's probably a five. After all things being considered, just because the story is disconnected, and some of the tropes that they've like is it's just like whoever edited it. I wish they could go back and change some things because I feel like things are left out. Here's my opinion. Because a five? Okay, well, we're going to address that here in a second. I think for its time, the costumes, the animatronics in the face, the I mean, just like the atmosphere they created in the cinematography, for its time, it was amazing. It doesn't do enough, I think, to 
you know, when the Foot Clan show up for the first time and it's maybe the most offensive Japanese accent I've heard. Um, or, or maybe the fact that there's just, to your point, a ton of misogyny or that you can tell everything was shot on a set. Oh, yeah. Scott, you that gave New, it a five. New York skyline. <laughs> you can see the I'm reflection off the lights on the bottom of the screen that is supposed to be New York. It's really bad. I did not notice that, but I am with you. I give it a five as well. Uh, okay. Which brings us to the final film, the most recent iteration in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Pantheon. That's a word, right? Sure. Mutant Mayhem. I love just about everything about this movie. So somehow this movie on IMDb has a rating of 7.2 out of 10. Now, we'll get into our ratings here in a second. But I just want to talk about a few things. I Mm -hmm. get that we're all sick of the Pixar trope or the Disney style of animation. And we're going to switch over to this style. And so... I went into it thinking, oh man, is this just going to be across the Spider-Verse or any one of the animated Spider-Man movies? Are they just going to do kind of the same animation? And I don't think they did. I think they did their version of it, and I loved it. I, I think the the animation, the drawing, everything was just stunning. The, they're the only ones where all of the actors who played teenagers are teenagers. <laughs> I know, yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Going back to the animation, you're correct. It feels Spider-Verse-like, but if you've seen across the Spider-Verse, it feels like it's one of the universes where the, the drawing, the animation, is just a specific style and not exactly like things we've seen. Um, it In the second watch-through, it almost looks like it's stop-motion. Like, they went for a style of, they wanted it to be like it was a stop motion. They were using claymation, stop motion. Like, things are a little jittery if you're watching it close enough. Like, things move around choppily. But it was all pre-thought out to look like that. Because it is, and I'm sure it's digital, not necessarily hand-drawn. But it it's, it's digitally hand-drawn stop motion style is incredible especially for a kid's film. Can I just say, uh, there is a video where one of the animators is on a Corridor Digital show called VFX Artists React, and they talk about the animation in this. Yeah. It is a mix of, of like 3D animation with their own flair on top of it where it can do some of the drawing based on what's in frame. Hmm. But then they also went back and hand drew on top of oh, the they did. Animation. Mm-hmm. Ah, I, well, I love it. You know, cherry on top for them doing that because they knocked it out of the park. Here's the other uh, thing. Yes. That I, oh, I, I just wanted to address your second thing <laughs> because it was the one thing going back and watching the original cartoon. I had totally forgotten what the voices sounded like. So imagine me surprised when four adults suddenly are speaking out of the souls <laughs> of these quote-unquote oh teenage mutant ninja turtles and then we get into the live action where yeah they're younger sounding but they're definitely still in their 20s if not their 30s 
there's no way they are only 15 years old. So I love the fact, and you know, some of the kids have older style voices. Like you can tell they're at different stages in puberty, but they sound like kids. And like when they get hurt and they're in trouble and they're whining, like they, or, or they do anything, I don't know, teenage like it's so real. And it, it, it really lets you feel that part of the story where I was really surprised is that a movie written by adults can be so grounded in what kids would find entertaining or funny. All of the actors felt like they were representing their age. This time capsule of a moment. I think so many shows get this wrong where they create this fictitious version of what a kid should sound like. We saw it in the last like two. Saved by the Bell. Yeah. <laughs> But some of the things that they do in this, I think is exactly how kids act now. And maybe that's just my 37-year-old ass looking at this going, that's exactly how kids act. But I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on kind of those social, cultural things. And like when they started singing BTS, some of the the way that they tell the jokes, it feels so real. The way that they uh, said like, yo, April, film us, film us. Film us doing this. And they're like, I'm a gangster. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, I'm a gangster. I want my bacon, egg, and cheese. Yo. You know, like, I thought, like, okay, that's that's something kids do, sure. But I was at work the other day, and these kids were messing around at one of the tables. Mm-hmm. They were just kind of, like, off in their own world looking at their phone. But they were just kind of, like, saying, like, silly, nonsensical, random stuff. And I was like, I probably did that a lot when I was a kid like that that's just something that kids do <laughs> and you know that grow you grow out of it because you know you think that we shouldn't be silly as adults and you know it's kind of sad that we lose that but they nailed it you're right this feels like kids growing up being awkward and trying to be accepted by the world around them I just went and checked the ages of all of the actors as the Turtles and April O'Neil and the oldest person on is this April. cast is of April. Of those five. Yeah. But it, so she was born in 95, but Brady She's in Newman? the bear. Oh, oh, amazing. That's her. She's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You just, you can't tell she does such a great job, but uh, Brady Noon is the voice of, I think, Raphael. He was born in 2005. So do math for me because I can't. Seven, 18. All right, teenager, still. Yep. Oldest, Mike Abbey, who plays Donatello, the youngest sounding of the bunch, he was born in 2007. Younger than 18? <laughs> 17. <laughs> they, they killed it. They released kind of like a behind the scenes on how they recorded everything, and the kids got to record in the same booth at the same time so, like, they were right across from each other playing off of each other. And, like, if there was any ad-libbing, they got to do it live cool. instead of, like, separate, which was probably such a blast for them. The cast okay. on this is insane. All right. Oscar performance level cast. Let, let me just go through some people, and you tell me if you know who they are. You're not looking at the list, are you? I was about to pull it up, but no, I am look, going look to. Away. Look away. Look away. We're, right, we're going right. to take a guess. Uh, Maya Rudolph. She played the main villain with the glasses. Yeah, exactly. 
John Cena. John Cena was the rhinoceros guy. Is that Rocksteady? Rocksteady, yep. Okay. I, I didn't know who that, wa- that was. Uh, Seth, <laughs> yeah. Seth Rogen. Uh, Seth we Rogen know he's in was that. Bebop. Yep. He was the warthog guy. The lovable Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan was Master Splinter. Oh, man. I'm going to just... Here's the deal. Internet. I suck at this, and I acknowledge <laughs> that. It's important to get people's names right, and I value that. Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito? Cito? Esposito? John, Giancarlo Esposito. Yes. A.K.A. Gus Fring. Correct. He was Baxter Stockman. He's he's in it right at the beginning, like right away. Well, I've got a few for you because you know that Ice Cube is in there as Superfly. We all can hear yep. that. Yes. Who's Mondo Rapping Gecko? his own lyrics. Mondo Gecko was Paul Rudd. Why do you know this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ray Filet. Ray Filet was... Um, Mr. Tattoo Face himself. Post Malone. Post Malone. That's right. <laughs> I love that they just had him sing the whole time, too. I, I, It was one of the funniest bits that they just stayed with the whole time he was on screen. Dude, it's Ray so good. But, but the, the most surprising one is there's somebody voiced as Times Square guy. Cameo? It's a cameo. Yep. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I forgot. I, I know I can see the guy, mm-hmm. but it's Mr. Frickin' Beast. Oh, <laughs> that's he's everywhere. And and we still don't know if he's for good. So, I mean, he may be doing good things, but we, we're watching you, Mr. Beast. We've got our eyes on you. I'm watching you, hoping that you'll recognize us and. <laughs> we love you. This movie's yeah, a masterpiece. Like, so, I loved it. I I think read, like if you if you haven't seen it, it's on Paramount Plus for freeze. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to pay for it, but you can do a free trial, or you can go on the Seven Seas. Dun 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 dun. But you should definitely check it out. It is. It's better than whatever the Megan. Fox debacles things that I'm pretty sure Seth Rogen was also in those <laughs> mm-hmm. as the same voice. Uh, yeah, don't watch those. Just watch this one. If you like Spider-Verse, you'll like this. If you like movies, you'll like this. And if you like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, even as a concept, you'll love this. And with that, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening and watching us this weekend. Please, please tell a friend Bring people to the show. Give it a listen. Please rate and review wherever you lurk. We appreciate all of your love, all the listens, all the votes on our socials. So thank you. And let's remember, be kind to one another out there. And we will see you next week.